1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A pastor went to visit one of his members who had not attended church for a few weeks. It was a bitterly cold day, and when the pastor arrived at the home of the church member, he was sitting around a fire warming himself. The pastor sat in the chair opposite the man, the other side of the fire. The man knew why his pastor had called, yet the pastor didn't say a word. The man felt a little uncomfortable by the silence. Eventually, without saying a word, the pastor picked up the fire tongs and took a burning ember from the fire and placed it on the hearth in front of the fire. He then sat back in the chair, still saying nothing. After a few minutes, the ember had stopped glowing. It lay cold and dead in the hearth. The pastor looked at the ember, then looked at the man, rose to his feet and said, I'll be going now. Goodbye. As he walked to the door, the man said to him, Thank you for your visit and particularly for your fiery sermon. I'll be back at church this Sunday. Without even speaking a word, the pastor had preached the best message he could about the importance of Christian fellowship. As long as the log was in the fire with the other logs, it burned brightly. Each burning log fueled the others and also fed off the others. Once the log was taken out of the fire and was alone, however, it went out. Christianity is like that. It was never meant to be a life of isolation. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And thanks for joining us. This week we're looking at basics for new Christians. Bill's my name and uh, Ken, so far we've considered the place of Bible reading and prayer in the life of the Christian over the last couple of days.
1: Today we're going to look a little bit at Christian fellowship and what a great story you just told. Yeah, again, you know, I want to make sure that our listeners don't hear this in a legalistic way. Uh, But the fact is that when we were born again, we were baptized into the body of Christ. We are joined to others. So God has a family, if you like, and we're it. And what an interesting family it can be sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, Salvation then is, is not only entrance into the kingdom, but into the family of God. You know, God is our father, Jesus is our elder brother. We're brothers and sisters. So whenever someone gets saved, they get added to the church. Uh, In Acts 2, verse 47, after the day of Pentecost, the birth of the the church, we read, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Mm. I like what John Stott says about that. He says, No one was saved without being added to the church. And no one was added to the church who was not first saved. (laughs) Interesting. But the Greek word there for fellowship is uh, koinonia, which means to share or to have in common with others. So koinonia is shared life, and, of course, the life that is shared is the life of Christ. We don't come together because we support the same footy team or follow the same political party. No, we share the life of Christ. In fact, if we meet and talk about footy or politics or last night's TV show, if you like, but don't share the Lord, then that's not really Christian fellowship. Mm -hmm. So it's his life that we share together. He's the head, and his life flows to the body through each member of the body. And that's what we call fellowship, grace flowing from member to member by the Spirit of God.
0: Mm. Of course, there would be some people
1: listening, though, that aren't in fellowship for whatever reason. What would you say to them? Yeah, that's absolutely true, and there's a variety of um, reasons. In fact, uh, I heard that the biggest church in Australia today is the Church of the Unchurched. There's a lot of Christians that don't go to church, and there are many reasons for that, Phil. Some have just become disillusioned with maybe the direction that the church is taking. Uh, In many local churches, um, there's been a deviation from clear biblical mandates, if you like, and people have gone off on a tangent. Uh, lost their way. Uh, uh, often the Bible is not taught anymore in some place, places. This is what I'm hearing anyway. And uh, some leaders seem more intent on building their own kingdom than the kingdom of God, you know, presenting Christ. Mm. So others have stopped going to church because uh, they've felt abused in church. They've been hurt and they don't want to get hurt again, so they stay away from church. There's a whole variety of of um, reasons why people don't go to church. And certainly as a pastor, I've got to hear about many of those uh, reasons and many of those tragedies, really. So my sympathy is with those people. But what I would suggest, Phil, is that they pray that the Lord will lead them to other Christians of like mind, where at least they can have regular fellowship together. It might be in a home, might be in an office or some other place. But the biblical principle, you know, of fellowship is vital to the growth of all Christians. Um, Satan knows this, of course. You know he he wants to keep us out of part, fellowship. Yeah, and um, there's that old analogy. I don't I don't know if you have heard it. Um, you know, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, uh, about three million of them. You know, and so as they were journeying through the wilderness, that group spread out a lot, and some people sort of became stragglers. They got more and more further away from the group, and then the Amalekites came down and sort of picked off the stragglers and uh, I, I guess it's like a, an illustration of a truth that you know that there is safety in numbers, there's safety mm-hmm. in the body of Christ, and we look out for one another. Um, but if we get isolated, which I believe is a tactic of the enemy, just just to get us away from other Christians, we can we can become more vulnerable. But what about people who might say, you know, I don't need to go to church, what
0: you're saying there's all good Ken, but in fact, hmm. you know, I'm doing a whole lot better since I stopped going. Well,
1: that's that's uh, I, that's something which I have heard. Um, But let's, you know, like if I was to ask you, Phil, what's the verse that we often use to (laughs) convince people that they do need to be in fellowship? It's it's usually the verse in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 24 and 25, where the writer says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, when you look at that verse, It's not actually saying you need to go to church for you, but you need to go to church so that you can be a blessing to others. Mm. You know, uh, that thing of, well, what's in it for me? If we come with that attitude – then i guess you know we can say no i don't my my view is i don't need fellowship so therefore i won't go but hey we we go to be a blessing not just to get a blessing and too often we think that it's just about us what can i get
0: out of it but what you're saying here really it's a two way street isn't
1: it yeah and i think you know like even for those that do go to church if we went with that attitude well lord i'm going not just to be blessed that's going to be a bonus but i'm going to give i'm going to be a blessing by your grace, I'm available for you to work through me. You know, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, but then of course we do get ministered to. All those one another phrases that we we read in the scriptures. You know, those one another, uh, like confess your faults to one another, exhort one another, edify one another, and so on. Actually, uh, that phrase is mentioned 58 times in the New Testament. Not even counting the Gospels. So it's it's a reciprocal term. al-alon, I believe it is in the Greek and it means that both parties engaging in that transaction benefit from it. Mm. So would you say that kind of fellowship is indispensable in the Christian life? Well, indispensable, that's, that's an interesting word. Now, if the goal is survival... Uh, then no it's not indispensable uh, we can survive without being connected to other believers but, but we want to do more than just survive that, exactly yeah God's goal for us is not survival God's goal for us is wholeness and maturity you know that's very clear throughout the New Testament so then you'd have to say oh well then it is indispensable because God has designed the Christian life in such a way that we need one another as I often say to my people I need you but, but what's more important than that is that you need me <laughs> <laughs> and what do they say to that? <laughs> They <laughs> <I> just smile. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Christian life, I my understanding of the Christian life, Phil, is that it starts with faith and it ends with love. You know, faith gets us connected to God and we walk by faith all the way through our journey. But from that faith, we grow to maturity and the completion of the Christian life is love. We're perfected through love. Uh, you know, Paul says, put on the bond of perfection and so on. Many scriptures that talk about that. So, Love cannot exist in isolation. It can only exist in relationship with other people. That's why you know the, the world writes about love, it sings about love. For example, the, the Beatles sang that song, "All you need is love." and then they broke up, <laughs> which I didn't quite get there <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, like, What is love? you know it's not some sentimental feeling. It's like the ability to even love the unlovely. Mm. Um, and we can't do that in our own strength, but the indwelling Holy Spirit in us, can manifest that kind of um, divine love, you know, in our relationships with each other. That's why we're placed in a body of Christ so that we might grow, that we might come to maturity, that we might contribute, that we might receive from one another and grow into the fullness of this thing called the body of Christ. It's really a family thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and in that context, Paul prays this, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we might be filled with God's fullness. So we'll never know that in isolation, but we will know what God wants us to know in fellowship with the other saints of God.
0: Now, we might be going through the basics for new Christians this week, but I'm sure there are things there for all of us. Join us for more tomorrow. And in the meantime, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.